Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey there, happy Monday, and welcome to the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. How's it going, everybody? I'm your host today, Will DeWitt. Join with me is Nicholas Moriano. I'm at home. Nick's all the way up there as well, so he was able to cover Bears camp today, and I'm excited to learn everything about it here throughout today's episode. Nick, first of all, how's it going? Are you still kind of – I feel like I'm still absorbing – this previous Bears game from Saturday. I rewatched it here this morning. Still feel very good about it. I know we didn't really get like, you know, a time to talk about it together. Like, how do you feel about it all? I feel fine. Yeah, I'm feeling good about it, especially because a lot of the rookies, a lot of the young guys made some splash plays in that game. And like you said, we haven't had a chance to talk about it, but I did just check out your article. You rewatched the game. So, you know, for all of our listeners here, make sure you go check that out. Check that out on all CHGO because Will did his homework, got to rewatch the game, and you know shared some of the key details in that. But I think for these preseason games, Will, you want to see the rookies, these undrafted free agents, show out. And I think for the most part against the Chiefs, you saw that happen. You saw I I whipped out the King Poles image that I made months ago because yeah. the entire like rookie class, at least the ones that were able to play, they really balled out. Even undrafted guys like Jack Sanborn, which really excites me and the fact that we haven't even gotten to see two of our top three draft picks in the game environment yet man does that just get me excited about like what kind of draft class like ryan poles may have been able to like orchestrate here in chicago obviously early results are really really positive right now and speaking of this draft class i think i saw from you today as i was scrambling to get ready for this episode it looks like thursday right thursday we may get the full effect I think so. Yeah, it sounds like Kyler Gordon's going to be good to go for Thursday's game. It'll be, you know, obviously in Seattle, have a lot of family there. He was saying at his press conference, so you'll probably see a lot of uh, Gordon jerseys in the stands at some section uh, of the field there. But, yeah, and it also sounds like Valus Jones Jr., obviously who practiced today, is set to, you know, participate on Thursday. Luke Getze also spoke, spoke to the media. They don't know, they don't have, like, the snap counts for anybody yet. But I think we finally get a chance to see Gordon and Valus Jones Jr. suit up in Thursday's preseason game. I feel like that Patrick mean gif. Like, I feel like it's just going to be so much fun to watch those two guys. And again, if Britsker's on the indication, Ebner, Braxton Jones, and we've seen good things from Gordon and Valus throughout camp too. So like I said, I'm really looking forward to Thursday's game a little bit more now, just knowing that those guys should be able to participate and we can get our first glimpses of them in game action. But Nick, you were at camp today. I want to make sure we focus on that. Actually, one last thing. The article that Nick mentioned that I rewatched this game, it is free for everyone. You don't have to be a CHGO member. Please check it out. There's, there was not a better way to start my day than a cup of coffee, a notepad, and rewatching this Bears game. It was a lot of fun, and I try to 
give out some revelations that, you know, maybe I didn't see the first time through. And if I didn't see it the first time through, maybe you didn't. And you can learn some more things along the way. But now getting into this camp focus, Nick, best thing you saw today? Yeah, best thing I saw was one of our listeners, Jamie, who was decked out in a Fields jersey, uh, orange Fields jersey, had the helmet, shoulder pads, and he actually had a catch with Luke Getze when he was on the sidelines. So they're just kind of going back and forth. And actually, to, to just be honest here, Jamie dropped the first pass, but he rebounded and caught the second pass that Luke Getze threw. But if you're looking for on-the-field kind of stuff, it easily has to be Justin Fields' throw to Daz Newsom on a seam route. It was, you know, arguably the best throw that Fields has had in training camp. And it just so happened to go to Daz Newsom, who, you know, had some ups and downs, was able to rebound just like Jamie did in that game. And it kind of continued here in this Monday practice. But that was easily the best thing I saw uh, today. Now, we watched that game, and it's been well noted, the ups and downs of Daz Newsom, And I was proud of him because it was a rough start. The muff punt, the drop catch. But then he did rebound with that touchdown grab and a good end around two that he almost scored on as well. When he makes a big play like that today, and we did come out with their 53-man rosters this morning too. Uh, that's on the website, allchgo.com. Spoiler alert, neither of us had Daz making the team. But when he makes more plays like that, does that have you not maybe purely second guessing just yet? But like those are the things he needs to do. Like, is there still a path for Daz? Like, I believe there is. And if he made big, a big play like you mentioned he did here today, like that's what he needs to do to like at least make a case. No, that's exactly what he needs to do, Will. He just needs to stack those days. So we saw the big play today. We saw the touchdown in the preseason game. He's obviously getting in, in the reps for punt returners. So for a guy like Daz Newsom, every rep counts. And Luke Getze talked about that in today's press conference after the practice. Like For these guys that are getting the limited reps, you have to capitalize them. For a guy like Daz, who's no not a lock by any means to make this roster, even though there's so much uncertainty at wide receiver, just keep stacking those days, and maybe we'll see that Daz Newsom that a lot of people were excited about. Will, remember when he was drafted, people were excited about Daz Newsom and what he could potentially be for this offense or be a complimentary piece in this offense. But if he can stack those days, then it's gonna ma- it's gonna make it tougher on the Bears to cut him or you know go in another direction than to keep him on the fifty three. Yeah, exactly. I just want to make sure that you are in line with me knowing like there is still a chance for Daz Newsom just because we didn't put him on that 53 this morning that we published doesn't mean he can't make this team. Obviously, as we've talked about in the offseason, like we want this to be a battle. We don't want it to be an easy decision for the Mm -hmm. Bears. We want this wide receiver group, everyone top to bottom fighting for these positions. And it looks like Daz Newsom's continuing his fight. And I appreciate that update, Nick. But what about the worst thing? Like you gave us the best thing and that gets me excited, but like, all right, temper my expectations. Like what was bad? Yeah, it goes with Nathan Peterman, the third team offense, what I kind of saw in one of the reps. It was, yeah, no, I know it, it makes sense. But Nathan Peterman threw a ball out of bounds. Like the play was discombobulated to start off with, but the ball airmailed so far out of bounds that Sam Mustafer, who was on the sidelines, obviously not in the rep, got popped right in the head with the ball. He's just looking down. We're like, no, that's poor Sam. What's, what's going on here? Did like, he have a helmet on? He, no, he didn't. Oh. So, so they didn't have – all they had were helmets. The Bears did not practice in pads today. But, you know, kind of looking down, it looks like he was going over something. Bop, you know, a helmet or the, the football right to the side of the head. So it's like, come on, man. If we're going to throw the ball out of bounds, let's make sure not to rifle it at the side of people's heads. So that was the worst thing I saw in practice. 
Well, if it can help him pick up a blitz. No, I'm kidding. Kind of. <laughs> <laughs> Got him there. All right, Nick, that was the best and worst here today. What's your overreaction based off of what you saw here today? Again, unfortunately, I wasn't able to be at practice, but by golly, I, I want to have you bring it for the both of us here. Uh, overreaction is that, and I didn't have Lamar Jackson, spoiler alert, making my 53-man roster, but my overreaction is that he's working himself to actually make this 53. And I, I'm still, I say that, because he had a good day today, but I'm not fully committed to that statement. Just because we saw a guy like Duke Shelley also return to practice. He was repping in with the first team at the nickel position, kind of splitting time with Kyler Gordon. But Lamar Jackson, he does have a physical presence to him. There are a couple plays where there's a screen play, and Lamar Jackson absolutely blows it up. Had this been in pads, he would have had a clear shot on the, the pass catcher on that play. But he just seems to be in the right spot. And he's getting that opportunity opposite of Jalen Johnson because Kendall Vilder still wasn't practicing. So just like a Daz Newsome, if he could stack those days, maybe it's not too much of an overreaction, but still, um, you know, he, he needs to show he needs to prove it. Thursday's gonna be a huge test for him because with Vilder's status still up in the air, be another opportunity for him to see a lot of reps uh, in this game on Thursday. Lamar Jackson getting some early praise from Nick in the podcast. I like it. Obviously, he's someone that in the preview article that you and I collaborated on, yeah, I was watching him and like you, didn't have him my final 53. And the reason was I liked his positioning in that game. I really did. Even the preseason game we watched, I, I liked where he was and I liked his aggression and his ability to like fight through blocks and his willingness to get in on tackles. I like it. The problem is in those open field situations, he's a little lenient to just lead with that shoulder and that wrap mm -hmm. up. And I feel like with this coaching staff, if you're not going to wrap up, you're going to have a hard time making this team because they really preach and practice those fundamentals. And I thought Bo Pete keys in that game demonstrated that in a little bit, uh, you know, better fashion. And that's why he made my final 53 over Lamar Jackson right now. However, I think that's a neck and neck race for the bottom end of the, you know, the depth chart here for cornerbacks. And for me, like, if Jackson can play well, and again, no pads today, so you don't know if he'd actually make that hit or tackle. Like he maybe lay the hit, but you never know how it could be after the fact. But I like Lamar Jackson getting some praise here too. He's been very solid. I just need to see him in a game environment wrap up and make that tackle. And the Bears haven't been going fully live in practice, so I can get where you have to like work out some of those kinks a bit. But out of everyone I watched, I feel like he had that issue more than most. Uh, so I want to make sure to highlight that is an area of his game that he needs to clean up. All right, Nick, I want to move on to a big topic, and it's the one that we actually have as our headline here for today's episode, and that's that you saw, and well, everyone there, it wasn't just you, but saw Tevin Jenkins at training camp today, not lining up at tackle, but something we've kind of speculated on since OTAs was that the Bears shifted him inside to right guard, and Luke Getze said after practice in a press conference that guards are more mentally stressed in this mm -hmm. system more than tackles. And that the mentality and like the smarts is like the strength of Jenkins game. So they want to see him inside. Now, personally, I believe there's a little bit more to it than that, but we'll get there for just uh, the sake of this podcast. Nick, what did you see out of Tevin Jenkins playing right guard? I don't see. Is this your first time seeing him play guard? I don't remember if they experimented with him in OTs or not. So there was one practice and it was actually before the start of practice where they lined up each one of the offensive line units and 
Tevin Jenkins did line up at right guard, but he was just going through the motions. But it, he didn't actually practice at that guard position in that practice. This would be the first time, though, where when the second unit came out, 76 was right guard, Larry Borum, 75 was at right tackle. And I thought he played well. Um, well, I think that, you know, for the most part, the Bears worked a lot of moving the pocket in today's practice. And you had to see, you know, Jenkins move a little bit. And I thought he did really well. There was one rep where it was a run to the right with Darrington Evans. And Jenkins gets out to the second level. And superstar linebacker Jack Sanborn was completely blocked on the play. Like, Jenkins engulfed him. And it was a nice run for Evans, who was untouched at that second level. Credit to that right side of the line. But Jenkins for getting up to that linebacker. So I thought he looked well at a position where, you know, after playing in the preseason game of right tackle, moving into right guard, like Trevor Simeon was asked about it, like how, how difficult is that? Well, it's like different angles, different drop backs. There's a bunch of things you got to keep account for. But for the most part, he looked the part. And that's probably, Will, going to be the best chance. If, if Tevin Jenkins wants to crack the, the starting five, arguably the best chance is that right guard position. We saw Schofield give up that sack. In, in the preseason game. So it's like if he's not going to play to the level that you were kind of expecting him when you brought him in as a free agent, Schofield, and Jenkins keeps showing you stuff, things could get interesting here. And I know you got a, t- a chance to talk to Jenkins you know, after the game on Saturday, and you had some really good stuff in your article. Is there anything like from it that like you can like extrapolate and put into like this transition, or just anything you wanted to highlight from that piece for our listeners? Because I'm sure they would love to know any insight that you gained from speaking to the man directly, because he has been, you know, kind of distanced from the media for a bit, just over this whole training camp pretty much so far so for you to have a chance to speak with them uh, i'd just be curious of like what do you want to like let people know uh from that conversation yeah one it was it was interesting in itself just being in the locker room for the very first time ever so that was uh interesting in itself but i just found tevin jenkins he just had gotten out of the shower i'm like hey do you have a second to talk and he's like yeah yeah we talked and i'm like hey i'm gonna try that pilates workout i'm still planning on doing that he's like oh dude your, your core is gonna be killing you afterwards but the, one of the key things that he did mention, I asked him, you know, how did it feel kind of getting back into a preseason game? And overall, he said it was good. He got to, like, practice his reps and things like that. But he also had to trust his back. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I didn't bring that up. But still kind of thinking about that a little bit, right? But he said overall it went well. And I asked him about the huge block that he had in the game on the linebacker it was like start of the fourth quarter about a little under 10 or under 11 minutes left and he just buries this guy and i asked jake is like what's that like and he said he just thought about chris morgan and what i think the quote was he's like drive your fucking feet that's all he could hear in his head as he's making this play and so he's not thinking about like oh i just buried this guy it's like i'm thinking about what my offensive line coach said and then as he's kind of crawling over him he said and sees his helmet had come off after the block he's like damn shit <laughs> you know i just did that so yeah tevin jenkins uh you know he was cracking some jokes he seems like a really cool guy but he's just focused on trying to be the best right tackle right guard possibly now for the chicago bears and he's gonna let upper management figure out what it is they're gonna do with him but he's just really focused on you know thursday learning from what he he did in saturday applying that to Thursday and just becoming a better player from moving forward. For someone that didn't really get to practice for a good chunk of this training camp and 
just getting back to it pretty much almost a week ago and then getting to play and now they're switching positions. There's a lot going on around Tevin Jenkins, but as long as he can just be the steady and kind of just adapt to the situation as it continues to unfold, then there is still a chance, as you mentioned, for him. And I love what you said about driving the feet and that quote and how it wasn't even like just him saying it to himself. Like he heard his own coach in his head, you know, preaching it. And that was the motivation to kind of keep going. Like just hearing that. And we'll talk about Luke Getze here later on this episode too. And some things he said, but I think this continues to solidify at least the notion that I've had throughout this off season is that this bears team has a hell of a coaching staff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think from top to bottom, you know, these guys, these are, this is a coaching staff that's not going to let anything go unlooked, especially if you make a mistake. This is a coaching staff that corrects those mistakes immediately after they happen. They don't kind of linger so you can make that mistake again. It, it, it doesn't matter the position group. Like, this is a very hyper-focused, attention to detail group. So if you're, you're doing something wrong, let's correct it instantly so that that mistake doesn't happen again. I see a bear down from India. I love that global hey. connections being made here on the CHGO Bears podcast. But yeah, it's not just like the attention to detail and like what they're working on. It's I think they're really clicking with these players. Like what they're preaching is hitting home. It's being absorbed. They're buying in. And we've been talking about buying a lot from this Bears defense and the hits philosophy. And I, I think what you just gave us about Tevin Jenkins. And again, the fact that he hurt his own coach just gets me so excited because if that really means like they're keyed in, they're listening, and it's like it's being embedded into their DNA a little bit. And and that gets me uh, pretty excited. So up next, we're going to get your thoughts on uh, Luke Getze. I know he had a lot of comments here today. We'll get some other observations from Bears Camp. But real quick, I just want to let you know that Points Bet Sportsbook they are counting down the days until football season is here with a new offer every single day until the season kicks off. From now until September 8th, PointsBet Power Hour will unlock a new daily offer from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. Sign up for PointsBet now using code CHGO to also get risk-free bets up to $2,000. And don't miss out on your chance to get daily access to free bets, boosted odds, and so much more now through September 8th. So download the PointsBet app today and use our code CHGO to take advantage of this limited time offer. Don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone that you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. All right, everybody. I got to tell you guys about a product you know all too well, Athletic Greens. With one scoop of your AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. This mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus, and that's why I take my Athletic Greens, and you should too. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs less than a cup of coffee a day. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. So right now it's time. Oh, look at that. If you're watching the podcast right now, you see the AG1 bag. It needs to be open, though. I will say that, Will. But we can get, <laughs> we can get to that in a little bit. Uh, <laughs> right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. It's because Will just actually finished his last one, and that's a new bag. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so there's no need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health to make it easy. And this is the most important part, everybody. Athletic Green is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D, five free travel packs, and all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash 
CHGO Bears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash CHGO Bears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. <laughs> you called me. <laughs> I saw it. I called you out. I had to, Will. I just saw it. I'm like, hey, <laughs> that's still not open. Well, hey, this is what happened. I, I am not up in the city all the time in the studio. We all know this with my situation. I, I picked it up. I put it in my bag. The other day, I was cleaning up down here and actually taking things out of my duffel bag and get washed. Like, that's always a good thing to do. And I, I set it here behind my desktop computer, and I forgot it was there. And then I saw the green poking now as you were talking about it and mm. wanted to do some product placement. And then you had to just call me out. It got hot <laughs> here real quick, I'll tell you. I'm sorry. I had to. Um, but like I said, uh, I, I have an unopened bag as well. And that, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. All right. There we go. All right. I saw a bear down from uh, London, I think, from Steve as well. So let's hey. keep that up. I love it. I, I love it so much. Thank you, uh, everyone, for letting you know, us know where you're from. And again, like I, I love this one thing I love about being a Bears fan. Like we're all over the globe. Like Nick and I, we've experienced this for years. Like we're I was going to say used to it, but I'm still not even like used to it. But I just love like this is what can connect people. It doesn't matter where they live, their background, their heritage, like Chicago Bears football. We're all here to talk about it. And I, I think it's awesome. But Nick, after practice, uh, we got to hear from Luke Getze and we talked about, you know, Jenkins at right guard and what he mentioned about him already. What else should we know from this press conference? I think uh, there's a, two things he said that I mentioned in my article that came out about my revelations in a rewatch, which is making me feel like I'm starting to get this football evaluation thing down a bit, talking about Justin Fields and a scramble to the right. And I said, like, it didn't feel like he trusted Braxton Jones to actually make that one-on-one -on -one block. Uh, Jones was able to recover and hold onto that block. But I think just with Fields' experience, he sees someone flying in from the left side and he's like, yeah, I don't think that's going to hold. I got to go. But over time, that trust should be there. He should be able to hang in and go, keep going through his progression. That's kind of what Getsy mentioned there as well. But outside of just that, I just wanted to at least toot my horn for, you know, one moment there. But what did Getsy say to you that kind of just like, you know, still sticks out here today? Well, that one play that you referenced out of the, what, eight passing attempts that Justin Fields had in that game against the Chiefs, that was the one that he highlighted, like you were saying, Will. He probably could have trusted his feet, trusted the pocket a little bit more, and gone to the next progression to potentially, you know, make the throw there, which ended up being, you know, the play where he slides, I guess, late and then gets hit and registered for a sack. And, you know, that's a whole other thing in itself. But that was the one play that he referenced that, hey, the only thing that he had, um, you know, a, an issue with, and they'll kind of look over it. But he also said that, which I thought was really interesting is that the Bears, with him being with the Bears, they have done more situational football here than he's ever done in the past or been a part of. And I'm like, but you're, you come from the Green Bay Packers, and we see how that offense is run, how efficient it looks, maybe just not in the playoffs, but how effective it usually is throughout a season. And he said, right now what we're doing in these practices, more situational football than we've ever done. And that kind of goes back to the point we were just talking about earlier with this coaching staff, Will. It's that when the Bears get into these certain situations, they're going to be prepared for it. it even and Maybe that's too bold to say right now, but I just have that feeling that the Bears, because of the coaching staff, what they've implemented so far, are going to be ready for those situational periods, whether it's two-minute, you're down by you know, a touchdown at the half, whatever it may be, they're going to be prepared for that. Another thing that Getsy kind of highlighted is that 
with Justin Fields having the ability to escape the pocket, how do you balance whether to keep him in the pocket or, you know, to allow him to use those natural God-given abilities? He said that essentially there's going to there in this playbook, in this offense, we do have things that will utilize those strengths, but you still need to be able to get the ball out quickly. And that's like something that's been preached on early, early when Luke Getze got here and the Bears got here. So there is going to be a part of this this playbook, this scheme that will utilize what Fields can do with his legs, but it all stems back and goes back to Fields just being able to process in a play, deliver the ball quickly, and kind of move on to the next play. Really good stuff there, Nick. I saw a comment from Kyle about Getze, and he thought that Getze played it a little too safe on some second and third downs and like third and long specifically is what he mentioned. I agree in terms of like if this was a real game, I would have been very frustrated with a few of these play calls. But we have to take into account this is only preseason game one. You don't want to show all your cards. You probably don't even have all those like like totally even practiced out right now. And mm-hmm. on top of that, too, Justin Fields, his best two throws of the day came on third down for deep shots that move the sticks. Like to me, that's all I needed to see. Like just those two throws. I'm like, you know what? Like, I, I feel like if we needed to dial up, we can, I thought his red zone call to Ebner and that angle route was terrific. I want to see more of that in a regular season, one-on-one matchup against the linebacker, easy to gain that leverage and take advantage. And we saw that play out to fruition. Like, well, how do you kind of sit on this? Cause I've seen a lot of fans actually been talking about this since that game ended. Like, he wasn't like too passive, right? Like this is preseason. You don't want to give away everything right now on what you're trying to accomplish on these key downs. Yeah, and you know, Getsy talked about like the offense in preseason. Right now they're not even scheming people open yet. It's all just kind of the fundamentals of everything. Let's put a guy here. Let's see if we can just operate the offense. So there was I know what maybe it was a third and six and they had the run to Herbert and that's the last play that the the first team actually has and I know yes. when when it happened I'm like oh what what's going on here you're on the Chiefs like forty something yard line and you're you know running on third and six so that that was like I think the most questionable call that Getzy had but again they're not scheming people open that's not really what you're trying that's not your goal in preseason you're trying to evaluate everybody and to do so. Do it with a an offense that's you know that they can essentially operate because there's guys in and out on any given play. So not too worried about the the passiveness or like how Getsy was calling it because this isn't what he's ultimately going to do. Because there no. were no scheme players being called in this game through that that type of play calls. So once it comes week one against the 49ers, I'm sure that's going to look different. And third and sixth run, like when you actually again I rewatched the game, but when you count up like the snaps that the offense is having, you kind of hit that that ceiling yeah. that they said the starters would that would play. And I'm sure it's like, all right, well, we said 15 to 20. We're right about there. Let's not force Justin out here any longer. You saw what happened to Zach Wilson. Like, let's just, uh, you know, let's call that. Yeah. And we can move on. And I'm happy with that. Like, if they're happy with their evaluation and they're ready to, you know, put in second string and they don't want to do it on a third and six, because that would be weird. Like, let's give Herbert a chance and we'll go from there. I was totally okay with it. And if you want one more, I guess thing that gets me excited about Getsy, and Nick, we've talked about this a lot in the podcast too, and you know, behind the scenes is what he may be able to bring from Green Bay. And the one thing I've been very vocal about with those rub routes, and I, you read the article and you saw that the one play to Darnell Mooney on the sideline came on like a deep rub route, it was a little switch. He had man-to-man coverage, and you had the outside corner and a slot guy kind of run into one another because mm-hmm. they had to like fight. The fact that we're gonna put these DBs in conflict like that. 
and make them think about it or have to fight through some unnecessary traffic to lead to some easier windows. Like that's what I've been waiting for in Chicago for years. And what's been killing this bears defense from up North. So seeing it now when we're not even like fully scheming guys open yet, like that's just a cusp, like, Oh boy. You know, well that play now that, you know, I'm thinking about it, the Sunday night game against the bears, that's the exact same play that Devontae Adams scored on, where Jalen Johnson was on him the entire game, shadowing him. They run that rub route, same exact side of the field, the left side, and you know Adams about uh, is able to go up the the left sideline and score a touchdown. It's the same play. So yeah. yeah, definitely taking what works, and you should, and bring it to the Bears' offense. Something that we usually don't see players being schemed open. Like that's the one play where I know he said they didn't do that much, but. Kind of seemed like they wanted to get Darnell Mooney that ball and that opportunity. The you know the Fields Mooney connection is very real, so mm-hmm. that seemed like one of those types of plays. But yeah, that's that's something that Luke Etsy brings, and also as a play caller, this was his maybe he can count on one hand how many times he's actually called plays. The last time was in Green Bay in the preseason, and Trevor Simeon was asked like, "How is he as a play caller?" He's like, "Oh, he's really calm. He's not a guy that's like swearing or a fast talker or anything like that." He said he's had some offensive coordinators that have been like that, but he gets the play and co- the play calling quick. That gives a quarterback time to assess the defense and know what's going on, and that's it makes it easy easier for the, the offense to operate when you have a play caller that's calm, cool, and collective like Luke Getzey. Yeah, he was praising his quarterbacks today about their operation from all three thought you know again in and out of the huddle it was a good start in general from that and you know it feels like he had a lot to do with that too nick and he didn't mm-hmm. want to you know he's not will he's not going to toot his own horn up there in the podium like i did earlier in this episode but like the fact that he's giving them praise but then you're also hearing from the qbs like well he was setting us up like that's a great relationship a good dynamic and there's too many times over the last couple of seasons where we're watching this Bears team break the huddle with like eight, nine seconds left, and you're like yeah. wanting to rip your hair out because you just know it's not going to be anything good. Uh, and so for me, that's exciting to see someone who just like, okay, I know exactly what I want to do. Like, bam, 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 make the decision, get the play call in, let's go. And it's only preseason game one. Like, he's still going to find this groove, and it could only get better from here. So to me, these are all real positive signs. Um, let's yeah, well, and real quickly, like all positive signs are able to operate this. And CJ, uh, what was it, Reed up here in the comments said, did you see like the defense and all the, the exotic looks they were bringing? So, yeah, no, they like there was some zero blitzes. There were some complicated defenses being thrown out at the Bears. The very first play, right? You you had, you know, extra de- um, defenders off the edge and, you know, Fields able to get the ball to Chase Allen, which is the right read on there. But to see the operation – and no pre-snap penalties throughout the entire game for both all three levels, that's encouraging to see. Again, goes back to, for the third time in this podcast, the coaching, which is going to make a difference for this football team for the 2022 season. I, I know we have a few more things that we want to make sure we are going to discuss here in today's episode. We're about down to our final 10-ish minutes, uh, just due to the fact that I had to get thrust in here to hosting, and I actually have a kid to pick up from school. Uh, so the timing was a little odd here today, but I appreciate you bearing with us. But Nick, real quick, before we get to our final kind of questions and segment, can you let people know uh, the final message that we have from them here today from a sponsor? Of course, if you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us to continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership 
which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. If you have any questions, email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can actually download that PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget, if you wait until tomorrow from 12 to 1 p.m., you can sign up using that PointsBet Power Hour and get those new daily mm-hmm. offers. Or they're just daily offers in general, so sign up now and that way don't forget. All right, anyway, so getting into some more just quick takeaways that I saw from you today that I just want a little bit more insight on slash just hear it from you personally. Tell me more about this Dante Pettis deep touchdown. Like, you know, that's my guy. Like, tell me more about it. What happened? Yeah, so it was it was a really good play, one by the offense to just to kind of extend the pocket, um, and for Trevor Simeon to kind of just locate and find Dante Pettis running down the left sideline. He kind of underthrew him, but Pettis was already in the end zone and caught the ball, so he secured it. But it was a good job by him just extending the play. Like I think that was an emphasis in today's practice for the Bears from all from Field Simeon and Peterman. To kind of get outside the pocket, those design rollouts. You saw a lot of that today. And on this one, he was able to just find Pettis down the deep, deep left sideline and found himself in the end zone for a touchdown. There you go. I saw a comment. I want to address this real quick about uh, middle linebacker Morrow needs to step up just a little bit more. This comment came from Matt. I agree uh, that we want to see Morrow play at a higher level. I just want to make sure you remember that what we saw on Saturday was his first game action since the regular season finale of the 2020 season. Like this guy has not played a football game in well over a year because uh, he missed all of last season with an injury. So agreed. Uh, let's just be patient because he has to get up to speed and it takes a while, especially if you've been away for the game longer than most of the other guys on the field. All right, real quick. Uh, so today's practice, you mentioned helmets only. I didn't expect pads after a game. It's a short week. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, the only other note that I did take away that I want to make sure we discuss was this Robert Quinn kind of humbling Braxton Jones a bit, which I'm okay with because after a really, really good debut in the preseason, and not that Braxton Jones is a guy that I think is going to get a big head. Like he seems really humble already. However, I think it's humbling a bit, right? Because uh, Robert Quinn had the upper hand, it sounded like. Yeah, and I think Adam made a really good point when we were at practice today. He said, like, remember, they are without pads. So this is going to be advantage, you know, defensive player. But still, if you take that away, they still got to get in front of them, try to stop them best they can. But Robert Quinn, he made Braxton Jones look like a fifth-round draft pick. That's that's how I'm going to say it because there was a bunch of times where, as you know, Will, you've been at training camp practice, but they'll allow the play to go on, even if it is a, a sack-worthy type of play. There were at least three to four of those types of plays just from Robert Quinn alone where yes, Fields was completing the pass and maybe Darnell Mooney over the middle of the field or, you know, he executed the rest of the play, but Robert Quinn was there to, you know, take down the quarterback and got by quickly by uh, Braxton Jones. So it is a humbling experience, but Luke Getzey talked about that today to do uh, that. If you have a guy like Robert Quinn, he's going to make you better. I've seen in the comments here, iron sharpens iron. Yeah, definitely does. So, Braxton Jones got a good test in his first preseason game against the Chiefs, and he gets it probably arguably a better test every day in practice against Robert Quinn. So today, Quinn got the best of him. And like a guy like Braxton Jones, he doesn't seem like a rookie because of how he just has this veteran presence to him. 
I'm sure he's going to want to come out tomorrow and, you know, do better than what he did today. Right on. So we actually, I want to make sure we get everyone noted who returned to practice because it was a long list, which is not a bad thing. It just makes our job a little bit more challenging. But you were there. So we already talked about Bayless. We already talked about Kyler Gordon. You also mentioned Duke Shelley. Uh, do you want to confirm uh, David Montgomery and Cole Komet? Yeah, they were, they were both at practice today. And, you know, honestly, James O'Shaughnessy was another one. I know I didn't tweet um, that out when I was there, but you had a lot of key guys come back. Mm-hmm. Like, those are some bigger-name players that had been missing for a couple of days, but you had Cole Komet back, David Montgomery, the, the Velas, Kyler, Duke. So there a good number of guys were returning, and it's smart, I think, that the Bears didn't go, and they wouldn't have gone with, with full pads after a game. So kind of getting those guys in the mix because they're on a short week and they, they play a game on Thursday. Exactly. But, you know, we were watching this Montgomery commit kind of develop over the last end of, you know, well, you know, a week ago. And I'm glad to see that they're already returning to practice in some form that does kind of ease. I think some of my concerns, I'm sure people listening who find out just now are breathing a little bit easier too. All right, so I'm looking at some of our starred comments here, and I see two about Doug Kramer. Uh, from one from Broken Traumatized, one from Kyle. I'm just, you know, Doug Kramer looking better than Sam Mustafer. Is he overreacting? And then Kyle also asks, is it better to start the rookie at center uh, than someone that we know has, you know, more upside than Mustafer since Kuzpatrick is out? I thought that Kramer overall did play better, but I'm also trying to keep in mind that he was going up against, you know, the chiefs twos and threes in this game compared to Mustafer, who was going against, against that starting defense for the, you know, the majority of his snaps out there today. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? Obviously in my article, I highlighted a big no, no from Sam Mustafer and a real poor block effort and attempt. And uh, I know for certain that's a weakness that I don't expect to go away from his game. We've seen it far too long and it's just not cleaned up by this point, but anything that you saw from them too, that you wanted to share? Yeah, actually, I don't. I'm I'm pretty sure Doug Kramer was even at practice today. It was a lot of Dieter Eastland at um, the center position, especially with the second unit. So um, don't know, you know, what that's about or, or what what ended up happening there. But um, so maybe just something to monitor for a little bit. And then, yeah, I'm not. Look, Sam Mustafer, I think is, is fine, right? I don't think he's. I don't think Dieter's an an upgrade over him, especially at this point of his career so he's still he's a guy that will definitely benefit from those preseason snaps those reps and you know for a guy like sam Mustafer, he's holding holding down the fort until lucas patrick can come back all right and i see two about justin fields one from manny one from kyle manny's wondering if anyone else hates the way that field slides he needs to lower that upper body a bit if we're looking at that one slide in this game as like the example of how justin fields always slides and yeah he needs to get down a little bit more not be so upright because you're a bigger target and even if defenders are trying to pull back that hit if you're still you know half of a body length like it's gonna be easy uh, to get contacted but uh, i don't think he slides like that every single time i don't remember that happening every time last year uh and then another one from kyle wondering you know the same there's a competitor article mentioning that fields look relaxed in a pocket wondering our thoughts on it like what are your thoughts like did fields look calm in the pocket when he had a little bit of time or just overall on Saturday to you? It, it felt like he, because Fields knew where he needed to go in the play, like in terms of progressions, if my guy's not there, I'm going to look this way. I felt like there was more of a comfortability. Like even on the first sack that Michael Schofield gives up, he's looking at Darnell Mooney on that out route for his first read, but his eyes take him back to the right when that's not there. 
And it just so happened, right when he, you know, takes his eyes off of him, you know, the defender's in his face about to sack him. But he was going to the next read. And he was trusting that his offensive line would be, you know, holding up, even for a second longer, so he can at least survey the field. So I think for the most part, he's, even though it's a new offense, and that was his first game action, you know, with Luke Getze, I, I felt like he did have command and knew where to go, especially like on the third, you know, the third down play to Darnell Mooney. He basically said that was like a layup type of play. He knew exactly what the defense was in, being in a man coverage. He said a lot of defense are going to run man coverage in the preseason, so that he knew exactly where to go. So I would say, yes, he did look more comfortable. Excellent. All right, so that's it from us over there. Real quickly, Nick, before we go, anything in your notes that you want to make sure you share here in this episode? I have a couple minutes if we need to do it. Um, As I'm kind of scrolling through... No, I, I think the big thing I want people just to take away from this, and which is going to be a good thing for the offense moving forward, is the offense and the want to move the pocket. We know this offensive line has has some some holes and is still a mystery to to a certain extent, but just having the emphasis of moving the pocket with Justin Fields or you know whoever's playing quarterback is going to help out that offensive line and ultimately you know the pass catchers in this offense and we saw I saw a lot of that today so I think that's just going to be a common theme for the Bears as they're kind of moving forward here but I think that was a big takeaway from practice all right well I think that's going to do it here for today's show uh unless Nick you stop me anything did I miss anything I don't think so no, yeah, and I know I saved like comments like quick episode is quick episode. We're putting this up on the fly, like you know, Will, Will's got to go pick up his kid, and you know, Adam's got his own thing going on. So it's like we're all putting it together, but we wanted to give you a quick takeaway uh, from from practice. We'll be back tomorrow to break down everything that happens in in Tuesday's practice as well. Trust me, if uh, if time allowed, you know, damn certain, I want to sit here and talk Bears football with Nick as long as CHGO will allow us here today but that's gonna do it for today's episode uh, the guys will be back at practice tomorrow so expect another practice report as well I believe tomorrow's close to the public so that means no live tweeting and so you're gonna to have to get all your updates from nick and adam here right here on this show so don't miss it and i'll see you uh, later on this week but until then bear down chicago <laughs>